Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is August 24th, 2022. 18 days to kick off. What? Woohoo! That's, of course, week one, Sunday night football, 8.30 p.m. Well, I wish you should say like 18 days and then how many hours because we're going to have to wait. (laughs) (gasps) I hate that part. Yes, that is the week one kickoff day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is against the Dallas Cowboys at Dallas. Oh, it's at Dallas. Yes. On Sunday Night Football. On Sunday Night Football. How much did Jerry Jones have to wind to get that one? He's got the money. Mm-hmm. Give us some money, Jerry. I know. <laughs> pay everybody. He has to get his money's worth for that giant, ridiculous stadium he just built. Well, you know, they're all so expensive anymore. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars. Well, over a billion. Don't the cities pay most of it? Like, I'm sure Dallas paid a lot I know of it money. was a thing, and then everybody started freaking out about it. So I'm sure it's still a thing. <laughs> it's just covered up a little bit better now. Yeah. They do it a little differently. Well, you know, with Tampa, the Tampa Sports Authority owns Raymond James Stadium. The Glazers do not. They just lease it. They've actually got a very good sweetheart deal down there. So anyhow, we're not going to get into that, the politics okay. of money. And ownership. And real estate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we got a bunch of cover. We've got the last preseason game, week two, against the Titans. We're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit of uh, fallout from that, what's happened. Uh, we'll talk about some news, some if ands, or buts around the league, and in the NFC South in particular. But first, before we go on, we got some fact checks and follow-ups. Dun, dun, dun. All right, follow up. This was an interesting one. You know, we, me and Molly had questioned the head coach of the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. First time we had ever seen him was in the preseason week one game. We no, were, we watch a lot of football. We watch a lot of football. Mm-hmm. And we see this guy walking around on the sideline, and Molly's like, Who is that? Is that guy, he's like, we're like, he can't. There's no way he's the head coach. I called him the intern. The intern, yeah. You were like, he's is he an intern filling in for the head coach or something? Yeah, <laughs> I had never heard of the dude or anything, and so you know, I'm like, what is up with this guy? He does not look like a football player to begin with. He's very small, petite. I would say petite, and you know, so I'm like, right off the bat, I'm like, I don't think this guy ever played football. So what's his story? How did he get the job? Well, looked it all up. Uh, Mike McDaniel, he started his coaching career in 2005 with the Broncos. So that was 17 years ago. Okay, first of all, he does not look old enough to have been in the league for 17 years. Well, I'm glad you didn't ask me how old he is because <laughs> I did not have that listed down. How That's old okay. is he? I don't know, but I'm just saying he does not look. I mean, 17 years, he would have had to been... Uh, like be like 35 to have come in the league at like 18 right when he could and start you know working on an NFL staff so at the youngest I mean he looks young I would not have said um 
I would have said, yeah, I would have said like, oh, he might be 35, 36. That's what you would go with? Yeah. Uh, Just by looks alone. Very young looking. Gosh, he is so like, yeah, so like young looking. He does. He's yeah. 39. Okay. 39 So basically, days. fresh out of college, he comes to the NFL. Right. Okay. Yes. And the interesting thing about it is most coaches, you know, they go through these, the process of becoming a, you know, they, they start off low and then they get a position coach. You know, they'll, they'll be a wide receivers coach or mm-hmm. a secondary coach or defensive line coach. And then they'll move up and eventually they get a coordinator position, mm-hmm. you know, defensive coordinator, or offensive coordinator. Yeah, you climb the ladder. Right. And there's a, there's a very I mean we've seen guys do it in our coaching staff currently mm-hmm. under BA because he loves to do those it's promote guys but mm-hmm. that's how they start the assistants uh, you know like players like Larry Foot and um, others that wanted to come into the league they start uh, Byron Leftwich at Arizona started as an assistant under BA and then worked up yes and. It's generally most coaches come from either the defensive or offensive coordinator position, you know, which means they're totally in charge of the offense or defense, depending. And, you know, every now and then you get special teams coordinator, but very rarely. Well, anyhow, uh, Mike McDaniel, never he didn't really go through that, that ladder. He coached mainly under Mike and Kyle Shanahan. Through his okay. whole career. So the Shanahan coaching tree. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's, he was an assistant coach for the Texans, Redskins, Browns, Falcons, and 49ers. His first offensive coordinator position was last year. And that's unusual, too, like having been in the league for so long. Well, I don't know if it is unusual to not have made it that far up to coordinator. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. To get up, you know, yeah, he was just an assistant, mm-hmm. not a coordinator. So, you know, no, he was out. he a positions coach at all? No, he was an assistant. I know. That's weird. Okay, For so that's years. weird to not even have made it to a position coach. Right. It's very strange. Uh, let me see. He was an intern. That's where he started off. Uh, then he was an offensive assistant with the Texans, and then he was. The running backs coach for UFL, Sacramento Mountain Lions. Okay, so he was, but not an NFL team. He was no. a positions coach, but not an NFL team. So he well, hasn't spent 17 years in the NFL. Well, he was a wide receivers coach for the Redskins and the Browns. Okay. Each a year piece there. But he's he was an offensive coordinator with the Texans for three years, offensive assistant. I mean, offensive assistant. Okay. With the Texans for three years, offensive assistant with the Redskins for two years, offensive assistant with the Falcons for two years, run game coordinator with the 49ers. Okay, that's kind of a coordinator position. Yeah. I mean, that's like uh, Goody and Running backs coach, uh, Byron Leftwich. That's what they do. Yes. But okay. he did not get his first coordinator position until last year, 2021, with the 49ers after being the run game coordinator with them for four years. Okay. And then he goes from the 49ers last year, offensive coordinator, to the head coach of the Miami Dolphins this year. It's just like, that's a heck of a leap. It's a very strange coaching path to take. It's not well, that he one. spent so long kind of in the under positions, the assistant positions, not too long at the position coaches, but he was a position coach. And then to jump to offensive coordinator, I mean, he did kind of, 
take the steps a little bit, but he didn't hang out long at the coordinator position. Right. And I don't know, but did he do anything? I mean, I don't know. Where was he last year? 49ers? 49ers. Yeah. But, you know, they did make it to the playoffs. and They did? Mm-hmm. Garoppolo with that horrible <laughs> interception in the end zone. What was that? It was bad? so bad. That was the Patrick Mahomes effect right there. Yeah. So it's a very strange coaching path to take. But I think here's why he's a head coach. I think a lot of people would agree with me on this. He's mixed race. Which I you didn't know that looking at him. No. I had no idea. I mean, he looked like a tan nerd. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he gets to count towards the NFL's <laughs> diversity quota or whatever is going on. Yes, his uh, he's biracial. His mother is Caucasian. His father is African-American. In a February 2022 interview, he stated that there are family members from his mother's side that he does not know as they chose to cut ties with his mother after marrying his father and their disapproval due to his father's race. Of course, I have to throw that in there. But he has said that he's never experienced any form of racism. But it seems like, you know, Miami, after the whole mm-hmm. kerfuffle with their previous coach, blaming them, saying, hey, you know, y'all are racist. Mm-hmm. They had to go out and find. But why didn't they get the enemy or you know, any of these other people and pick up this guy who has no... You know, he's got one year of offensive mm-hmm. coordinator experience. That's just yeah, strange. Yeah, you would think that hiring somebody like Bianami, who's been on the radar of the NFL for years, and there's been the question of why mm-hmm. has he not gotten a head coaching job? That yeah. would have been the perfect yeah, there's something um, there. hire there. I think they just wanted somebody low-key, non-controversial, uh, that checked the boxes. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm going to do some more looking into it. Maybe you know, maybe see how, what type of relationship he has with the owners or yeah, or maybe whatever. He knows somebody. Yeah, maybe he knew somebody and it's yeah. a favor. Or, you know, maybe you never know. The guy might come out and totally change football. We don't yeah. know. It was just very strange seeing him on the mm-hmm. sideline and going, "What? Who is? I know because we watch a lot of football and you do start recognizing the faces, and you expect head coaches to come from the." To be well-known coordinators. Right. Yes. I mean, like yeah. there are a lot of well-known coordinators like Biennemi who for years they've mm-hmm. gotten passed over. And or Byron Lefwich. See- yeah, Byron Lefwich. And so it just kind of seems like they would be perfect fits. So why would you take somebody mm-hmm. unknown uh, without a lot of experience? Right. But it does, you know, when they list the diversity hires from last year, he's one of them. So, you know, I can't you know. Okay. It's like uh Well I hope it works out for them. Yeah. <laughs> Our Florida Florida teams. Yeah, it's like uh the Washington Commanders, you know, and they got they got the diversity higher up there. You know, like I I don't know, I don't get it. Who? I don't get it. Rivera? Yeah. Oh. He's considered a diversity hire. Go figure. He's been there like two years, right? Uh-huh. Three years. Uh God, they're a shit show. I know it's going to be great watching them implode this year. (laughs) Couldn't happen to a better team. All right. uh, Fact check follow-up. Number two, follow-up. Kate Oten. (laughs) That's not how you pronounce his name. I heard that somewhere. Tied in. So that's why I said it that way. Did I say it or you said it? 
I'm, I'm sure I said it. Yeah. We were, I was butchering names all week last week. <laughs> and Cato, and I, I, you know, I was like, I don't know. Uh, he, uh, thanks to rarely even one of our listeners, Buccaneers fan, pointed it out to us. He, of course, he didn't tell us how to say it. He just said we said it wrong. You know, like well, the, phonetically, when you look at it, it's kind of a no-brainer. Looks like Oten to yeah, me. Does it? Yeah. Do you well. speak the English language? <laughs> <laughs> me be smart. <laughs> Cade Oten. It is actually spelled Cade Otten. O t t e n. That's how you pronounce it. So I'm calling him because you, as, as Molly pointed out to me to help me with my phonetics, <laughs> my hooks on phonics. Oh, tricks. She said. Just say cotton. It's like cotton without the C. So now, and I like to give guys nicknames, he is now going to be known as Cade Cotton. Well, if you if you were just doing like his first initial and right. his last name, cotton. it would be Cotton. Yep. Cade, so. Cade Cotton. Mr. Cottonball. Uh, and then we got another one we had to look up. Luke Gedeke. He is... Offensive lineman, right? Yes. Spelled G-O-E-D-E-K-E, but it's pronounced Gideki. I was saying Luke Godeki. I I had heard it like that. Yes. So, well, with the Cade Cotton, Cotton Ball Man, you know, we weren't sure how to say it. So finally, we ended up finding an interview with him, and he said it. He said, yeah, my name's Cade, Cade Otten. We were like, oh, well, there you go. Now we know. I think he knows how to say his name. I think name. we know how to say his name. Mm-hmm. Because we did. On the broadcast, they said uh, Odin. Yeah. They said Kate Odin. And I was like, well, which one is it? And then we found that. Okay. You got uh, follow-ups? Mom? I do. Uh, we had talked about Mike Williams having a an arraignment the same day as our last podcast. Uh, he did not show up. So another warrant what? has been issued for a failure. To Are appear. you serious? So serious. Guys, it's the worst thing you could do. I don't care what happens. Show up to court mm-hmm. because you get that contempt of court charge. They can do whatever they want to you. The power is now in the judge's hands. And if he don't like you, he can send you to jail for years. And, over... and once they do catch you, they're not letting you back out. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't get bail for uh, mm-hmm. failure to appear and all that good stuff, man. They do not play around with that. Why? Why would he not show up? Unless uh, my sometimes guess they is can... that he's not a great decision maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean quitting quitting football to do a music career is not a good decision? I don't. You know. Um. Yeah. The, the sometimes they'll they'll let you off if you have a legitimate reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you've could prove that you thought the court day was on another day or some family stuff come up or whatever. But no, man, they do not mess around with that stuff. The judges, that's their little, uh, their little kingdom there. And if you don't, don't do what they say, show up when they tell you to, you, I mean, that's, that's worse than stabbing babies. At ways. a minimum, send your lawyer. Right. Yes. Yes. Hire a lawyer. Which always so. hire a lawyer. Yeah. For anything. I don't care what it is. Never talk to the police. Always hire a lawyer. That's right. Do not try to do this crap yourself. Uh, on Brought to you by the Lawyers Association of America. <laughs> <laughs> on another note where we talked about, oh, this one was just awful, uh, the Akeem Talib thing. Hmm. Um, so. 
Yeah, if you're not Every, familiar, the, the equally, Akeem Talib's brother, uh, another weird name, Akeem or some crap like that, he ended up shooting a coach at a youth football game, the opposing team's coach, on the field right in front of the, the coach's kids. And uh, Akeem Talib was there. So anyhow, go ahead with your story. He's announced that he is going to step aside from broadcasting with Amazon. So we had talked about that. You know, you just get this opportunity. Mm. It's the next phase of your career. So he did make that decision. You have to wonder if it came before he, the decision was not his. Right. Yeah. No, Amazon he, made that decision for him. Right. I don't know. Mm. Um, but Dang. that's what's going on there. God, man, I tell you, it just... Just makes you want to cry almost. You just, how do these people throw their lives away? And, you know, I brought up players last time when we were talking about this. You know, I started mentioning the players that really screwed up your life. But we got to remember, the NFL is the, the amount of trouble that NFL players get into is less than the general population. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at arrest records and all that good stuff for the general population per, you know, 100,000 or whatever, the NFL is quite low. It just this stuff gets a spotlight on it, mm-hmm. you know, because they're celebrities. So, you know, I'm not saying NFL players are horrible people, but you just, man, you just got to wonder about, you know, the decision making. Mm-hmm. And the NFL does a pretty good job, from what I understand, at getting these guys prepared for life. You know, managing their money and keep them out of trouble. But sometimes these, some of these guys just. You know, I mean, Akeem Talib was known to be a kind of a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did shoot himself. and But he's also a very well-read. Almost all the interviews you talk to with or you hear from players that used to play with him, they said he was always carrying books around. And he, you know, read philosophy books and history books. You know, so. He's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, very smart guy. He just doesn't make smart decisions, mm-hmm. I guess. But, you know, when your brother... You know, I mean, if you love your brother and they, they're troublemakers, I don't know. I don't know. You never had a brother. Right. I don't have a brother. Or I have a brother. <laughs> I have a sister. <laughs> you, you have a brother. I think it's that same sex sibling thing, you know, that kind of bond, which yeah. neither of us have. Yeah. And they're about the same age, too. So. Yeah. 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 So they came up together and probably were best friends. Yeah. So to keep Talise probably going to spend all the rest of his money mm-hmm. on lawyers trying to help his brother. But there ain't going to be no help. There's no getting out of that. You know? mm-hmm. <sighs> mm. You got to keep him from getting the death sentence. Maybe that's it. Right. All right. That's been 20 minutes of fact checks and follow-ups. Let's, uh, let's get on to the podcast now. The Tennessee Titans. Buccaneers went to Tennessee and played them in a week two preseason game. We did not play our starters except playoff Lenny. Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. he played, started off running back, and uh, he did pretty good. Actually, he wasn't the only starter. Our center, Hainsey, Hainsey started as well. Right? Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, we uh, we got our butts whooped. <laughs> it didn't look pretty if you ask me. Uh, but again, you know, like I said last time, Miami 
not that great of a team, although they did end up beating us. It shouldn't have been that close. But but this isn't about winning and losing. It's preseason. Nobody really cares. You're trying different stuff out. You're testing guys. You're wanting to see who can do what and what situations. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, w- w- looked to me like we just got beat up. You know, the Tennessee's a very physical team. They are along the lines of the Baltimore Ravens. They believe in tackling and blocking first, everything else second. And it showed. You know, I mean, they're, they're the type of guys that, you know, they don't they don't arm tackle. They don't alligator twist you down. You know, they they will if you fall, they will shoulder you into the ground. They will come flying in from 10 yards just to lay a hit on you. Uh, you know, they're that type of team. They believe in, you know, hurting you, making you taking your breath away, which, you know, I, I like that. I, I'm a big fan of that style of play because of the. The endurance factor, you know, the, the Lombardi's one of his favorite, one of my favorite quotes by him is fatigue makes cowards of us all. And it is so, 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 so true. I mean, if you watch boxing or MMA or if you've ever done anything would that exhaust you totally, you know, you're ready to quit. You just want to stop and go home and rest. Or sometimes not even go home. You want to just lay down right there. I've been in those situations before, and I'll tell you, there's nothing that'll make you want to quit, like being totally exhausted. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people would be like, "Oh, you know, I just push right through it." Now, there is no push right through it. You have to, you have to be prepared before you go in to not get fatigued like that. You see it in boxing and MMA all the time. Me and Molly, when we watch it, I'll be like, oh, this guy's done. You can just tell by the way they're panting and, you know. Dropping their hands. Yeah, dropping their hands. hands, That's a big sign. Uh, So, you know, Tennessee, they're a big conditioned team. You know, they believe in being well conditioned, just like Baltimore. And, you know, I think it showed out there on the field. We were not as prepared to be hit. (laughs) I didn't think I felt like, whereas the first game, the receivers got a lot of attention, I mm-hmm. felt like this was our running backs. Yeah, this yes. was the game they were testing the running backs. And I'm going to look right now at the yardage as far as what we ran in the two games because I suspect, you know, I just noticed a lot more. Like Rashad White got a lot of attention as Keyshawn Vaughn was in there. Like you said, Len- Leonard Fournette was in there. Yes, we started off rushing Fournette. I think he got the ball four or five times Mm -hmm. to start the game. Uh, They, let me see, we rushed 22 times. They rushed 33 times. Both of them. We rushed 22 times. We ran the ball 22 times. They ran the ball 33 times. Okay. Uh, But that doesn't, that includes. Their quarterback, who scrambled quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both averaged 4.2 yards per rush, which is pretty good. Uh, Vaughn had the best average. He had 10 rushes for 54 yards. That gave him a 5.4 rushing average. His longest was 17. Fournette was second. He had five rushes for 20 yards. That's four yards per average. Still pretty good. And his long was 10 you know, I'm totally full of crap because in Miami, when we played Miami, we rushed 31 times. So, hmm. 
It just seemed to me like the running backs were getting a lot of attention. It is weird how I know. when you look at stats, it's like the yeah. totally opposite of what you saw during yeah. the game. That's well, where they're useful. Yeah. With their their running backs, uh, the, the Willis, their quarterback, he had the best. He had five attempts at 42 yards, so that was an 8.4-yard average and a long of 24. Uh, after that, they didn't average as much. They're about 3.3, 3.5. Woodside, he rushed four times for 10 yards, so 2.5 yards. So we did a pretty good job stopping their run. Quarterback got wily with us a couple times. Yeah, well, he's young still. Yeah. So give him about five years of getting hit on runs like those, and he's going to slow down like the rest of them do. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep, that's not going to last long. never Mm -hmm. does. Mm Mm-mm. So, you know, we we did a pretty good job with the running game. Now, I think our defensive line did well. We were getting pressure. We were running mm-hmm. the quarterback down. We did a good job of stopping the run, I thought. The you know, he did the quarterback did get away from us a couple times, but that's expected you know, when you have a running quarterback. But other than that, I think the rest of the team did not look well. No, mm. I thought special teams was really not oh, great. God. Well, you know, and we've been talking about this ever since uh, Bruce Arians came here. You know, special teams has been pretty bad. Actually, it's before Bruce Arians, but since he's been here, I think it's been since we've been doing a podcast. It's been the uh, not the not necessarily the Achilles heel because it's not horrible, but it, it's the least. It's the weakest link in our chain is our special teams, and it's the tackling and blocking. And that's one that you can see with teams like Tennessee and Baltimore. They got much better return yards. On average, because they are much better tacklers and blockers. And in this game, our tackling was not good. To go back and watch, I should do a compilation of just tackles and see the difference in how Tennessee tackles and how we tackle. You know, we just, just we just don't tackle hard. And you know, this, but when it on special teams, that's all special teams is is tackling mm-hmm. and blocking. And you know, we uh we missed a lot of tackles and a lot of blocks. Yeah, it was really bad. And so they got great field position consistently. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we didn't, on a punts, we didn't have a single yard return. Wow. <laughs> on punts. The, let's see, they had, they had a lot of chances on punts because we punted like five times. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they took advantage of that. Got good field position. Uh, it started off, Darden was our returner for kickoffs and then they switched to boo 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 didn't I think Rashad White got some carries on the punts or kickoffs uh, I don't know I don't differentiate Darden and Tompkins okay. Darden and Tompkins did both but they did punts and then you're right White and Darden did kickoffs so yeah, they got they got ninety nine yards total in punt returns. We got Whoa. zero. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a score. That's a whole that's field like movement down the field. Exactly. <laughs> wow, that's embarrassing. It is pretty embarrassing. Uh, Kyle Rudolph also started too. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do a whole lot. I think he got one catch. Nothing. Nothing spectacular there. 
I didn't really notice him in blocking either. And you pointed that out. You said the Titans really didn't do a lot this game. And I, I did I wasn't really paying much attention to the sets. You know, even if we had multiple tight end sets out there or whatever. I was I was really focused on the offensive line in this game. Me too. Yeah. And that, I didn't pay much attention to tight ends at all, which you would think you'd be able to pay attention to tight ends if you were looking at the offensive line. But I would say that they weren't out there a whole lot. Uh, Rudolph was out there for 14 snaps. So that was a quarter of the time. Uh, Co'Keefe was out there for 15 snaps, 27% of the time. Uh, Cotton was out there for 26 snaps. That was a half the time almost, 46%. And then uh, Howland was out there for eight snaps. So apparently the tight ends were out there. We just didn't notice them. Yeah. Well, and then I, I thought the receivers, you know, they had a great showing last yeah. game. Mm-hmm. This game, not so much. And I don't know. Uh, Tyler Johnson showed up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotty Miller, I don't know what is going on with him, but he better get his act together because you know, he could be. Yeah. He was I mean, wide sp- open on that. We've spent, you know, three years drafting wide receivers, and he's just one of them. And I know, you know, he had some great plays in the past couple of years and clutch situations, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, that Green Bay game right before yeah. half where he got the touchdown. I mean, if you're not performing, they're going to upgrade you. Yeah, and he's got so. guys nipping at his heels right now. And guys that we've drafted yes. after him. Yes. So it's like they've constantly been looking to upgrade that position. And, I mean, he better be careful. That's all I'm saying. I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make team this year. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think he'd be good trade bait. I mean, I've heard, yeah. Uh, I heard Pat McAfee on his show talking about he wanted to trade Get Scotty Miller in Indianapolis. Hmm. Well, we could, good. We could yeah, do we can do that. Alignment. I know exactly. We're playing them this Saturday at yeah. seven thirty at and, Indianapolis. And Scotty was playing into the third quarter, right? So to me, that was pretty telling. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. And how he much got he quite plays. a few opportunities. Didn't do a whole lot with him. Yeah. And then there was Geiger, same thing, Stearns, you know, two names that we had talked about in the last podcast did not show up this game. Now, I have the question, was it the receivers or was it Trask? Was Trask inaccurate? I don't know. I mean, it could be, you know, depending on how much pressure he was getting or maybe he had an off game. But I just thought the offense as a whole did not look great. And that receiving core uh, was sus. Yes. Yeah, and offensive line didn't look too good. You know, we had – we started off with uh, Stinney at the right guard Mm -hmm. spot for the first half. And then we moved into the left guard spot for the second half. And then he ended up getting hurt. And he is out. He got hurt in the third quarter. Uh, he's out for the season. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But the you know I was I was talking about seventy four Johnson that we got from the Bengals. He was playing right tackle, 
against the Dolphins, he did a really good job. Against the Titans, not so much. And it wasn't, you know, he had great technique and he was getting his hands on guys, but I don't know if he doesn't have the strength or something. I don't know, whatever, but they were just kind of getting right around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended Is he up, slow, maybe? No, I mean, there, there was one, he had the guy in perfect position and you know, the guy had was leaned into him, you know, cut in the corner. And it, it seems like Johnson could have either just, you know, flipped him onto the ground or, you know, shoved him. I mean, he had great, great technique, great position and everything, but it was almost like he just kind of forgot to stop the guy from going to the quarterback. And he just kind of went like a carousel right with the guy. It was very strange. So I don't know what that was all about, but uh, it'll be a good backup. Let's put it that way. He'll, he'll get the job done if needed, maybe. But I you know, wasn't impressed with you know, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the quarterback play, <laughs> like the linebackers, the secondary, which reminded me, uh, Jamal Dean and Edwards started mm-hmm. in this game. Now, you know, Jamal Dean is right now is listed Jamal. as a Jamal. It's listed as the second string cornerback. So that's really no shocker that he was out there, but. Uh, Edwards is our starting safety. He was out there starting this game. So, but the, I, I just wasn't impressed with with anybody, really. Now, Logan Hall, our number one draft pick, first round draft pick, second round draft pick, actually, our number, our first draft pick in second round, he, uh, he started, well, he was out there, and he got 20 snaps, which was about 30% of the playing time. And now those they kept bringing him in and taking him out, bringing him in and taking him out. So he he pretty much played all game, but nothing really consistent. Uh, which you know that's a Todd Bowles defense. You know he's always switching the line constantly. You know, and so Logan Hall played 20 snaps and he got one tackle. Uh, the guy has just not impressed me so far. The two games that I saw, and I always look for him. Out there, and when he's out there, I, I keep an eye on him, and I just haven't seen anything. Uh, I'm not ready to give up on the guy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just you know, kind of like, I don't know what they saw in the guy. Yeah. It's it's an adjustment coming to the NFL, that speed. Yeah, and the so. strength. I mean, he's, he's playing against the big boys, and mm-hmm. he ended up on the ground quite a few times. Mm. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe when the regular season rolls around, he'll be more – have some more oomph. And it might take, you know, till midseason. It's kind of like the, how it was with Vito when yeah. he first came. But, yeah. I mean, Vito was dominating guys. He just wasn't paying attention to where the ball was at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't need Logan, do we? Like, we're set. Is he a starter? Pretty sure. Oh, what? Akeem Hicks is probably going to start. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He might have a little bit of time to develop. Yes. Which would be good. I think he needs it. I agree. Uh, but the, the the defensive line overall, I thought, did a pretty good job. They, mm-hmm. they got good pressure, and they were in the backfield quite a bit. They did a good job stopping the run. Uh, the one who impressed me the most was, uh, what's his name? Steve, number 95. Oh, Sunat. Of the- Sunat. No, you say his name, Sunat. Sunat? Are you serious? Yeah. So I found the 
pronunciation gun for the Bucks. So this is where all this is coming from. So uh, not. How do how in the world do you spell it? S E N A T <laughs> and then pronounce it Sue Not. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what was that skit about the the girl's name? Uh, I'm gonna say it was Brian Regan. She's like, my name is Caron or something. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, he uh he did pretty good. He had about the same amount of snaps as Logan Hall did, but he got uh five tackles. He's a big boy. And a half a sack. He looks like an offensive lineman to me. He looks kinda like Sue. I mean Vita. He got that big old belly. He's just no. a thick boy. He's a big boy. Yes. And then uh Fatu Kasi. Oh okay. how do you pronounce that? I was, th- oh, I was throwing that right. at you. Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Fatukasi. Fatukasi. Yeah, he had the best stats. He had nine nine tackles and one and a half sacks. Oh, good for him. Yeah. What's he, a linebacker? I, I would assume he's an offensive lineman. Uh, we should know this. Lineman. I mean, defensive lineman. <laughs> if he's an offensive lineman, getting <laughs> nine sacks and, and nine tackles, we got problems. <laughs> Best tackling offensive <laughs> lineman in the league right there. <laughs> so he is – no, he's a linebacker. You were right. Okay, let's that. Uh, he played 82% of the snaps, 54 snaps. So there you go. Okay, we got some room in there. So he could get that fifth spot. Uh, J.J. Russell, who I talked about last week, linebacker, he played 65% of the snaps, 43 of them. And his stat line was pretty much about the same as it was last week. Uh, He got zero tackles. Is that right? Can't be doing that. That can't be right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He got seven. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I was making myself sound like a very good prognosticator there. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's got to get anything. Nothing. So he did all right stats-wise. Don't remember seeing him a whole lot, though. No, I feel like no one made a splash. I don't Mm-mm. remember anyone having any kind of impact. I think Tyler Johnson had, like, a great catch where I was like, oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. In coverage, you know, but other than that. Yeah. Uh, White did do pretty good on the uh, – Kickoff returns. Okay. He did all right. Uh, I, I, I kind of like him running, too. Yeah. It's yeah. not too bad. He might could be fun this year. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the Titans scored two field goals on us, and then they ended up getting a touchdown in the second quarter with like 26 seconds left of the half. So they were up 13th zip. But then we came back and scored three unanswered points <laughs> <laughs> in the second half. Uh, uh, Stinney got hurt. You know, he's been fighting for the starting guard position. And like I said, we yeah, st- and I think they were close to naming him as the starter. I think so too. I liked him. I mean, he, you know, when he filled in last year for Kappa, he did a great job. Yeah. And the year before. So, you know, he's gone for the season, ended up uh, tearing ACL, MCL, all that good stuff. And it looked to me like Vaughn ran into the back of him uh, and, you know, kind of collapsed him there. Who hit Ryan Jensen? 
Was it Vaughn? No, that was Logan Hall. Logan Hall. Mm-hmm. Push, uh, yeah, but push. Oh, p- push Stinny into. No, that was Stinny that Jensen. pushed Logan Hall into. Oh, okay. Brian Jensen. I thought Vaughn yeah. was involved in that kerfuffle too. <laughs> you just <laughs> you were... keep him away from our offensive line. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a bummer with Stinny. Because you're like, you know, you want to see him succeed. Yeah. Um, and he was doing great. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people would make the argument like, oh, he shouldn't have been out there that long. Oh, Stanny? Yeah. Well, you know, it was very strange that we, we started him off on the right side and then for the full first half and then the second half when they came out, they had him on the left side. So I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if we were trying to see what side he would play better on or if. Yeah. Uh, I think just getting we were, him the reps, like yeah. getting him game ready. To be out there that first week. Well, we got a game ready now. He's out for the season. Yeah. So that's sad. Uh, 37 Gardner, one of our, uh, what is he, a cornerback mm-hmm. or safety? I don't know. He got a good interception at the end of the the game. Deep oh, he's, ball. He's 36. Don Gardner. 36? And he is a safety. Okay. Or no, I'm sorry. He's a corner. Well, yeah. then I hope I wrote down. Was he the one that got the interception? I don't think. Uh, Kyler McMichael? He's 37. Okay, so it was McMichael? Let me look. This is horrible. Well, I feel like they said Gardner on the broadcast. Hmm. Okay, uh, neither one of them. Oh, hold on. It says we have no interceptions. We got one. Oh, that's the Dolphins game. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wrong game. I had pulled up here. But anyhow, that was at the uh, Jay Darden? No. Okay, D. Gardner. Yeah. He got the interception? Yeah, said... Uh, 15 minutes, start the fourth quarter. So anyhow, that was a good play. But like you said, there just wasn't a whole lot of them. Uh, this game was kind of a wash. I think we saw – what I saw from it was we are not prepared to play teams that are tough. And it's you know, the Rams and the Saints. It's one of the reasons why we have a hard time with those guys, besides the fact that the refs are part of their team, is they punch us in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Saints get out there and they fight with us especially our wide receivers. And, you know, it's just – I'm not saying we're a soft team, but we don't focus on toughness. And that's one of the reasons why I hate that Jensen's gone because he's one of the toughest players we have. And, you know, we, we do – I hate our tackling, tackling techniques. And the Bulls talked this year when he got the job as a head coach that, he, you know, tackling is something they need to work on. And I was like, yes, thank God. I'm not seeing it. You know, in these two preseason games, I'm not seeing it. I'm still seeing soft tackling. Well, I think you need to consider that these are third and fourth string guys. I mean, we are not seeing any of our starters, you know, with the exception of Edwards, you know, Jamel Dean. But But I'd like to see, you know, these guys are fighting for a job and you would think that they would be out there, you know, just decleating people. 
I mean, you would think so, but I also think that they get a little over eager and they don't have the best yeah. technique. You know, there's a reason they're fighting for jobs. True enough. Okay, so, so. I think, you know, I'm not worried. I will just say uh, our depth is not that strong at this point, but we haven't seen any of our starters, so we really have no idea. Yeah. I just I just like to see us to be a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, but blocking I, and tackling. I feel like all of our really tough guys, really good tacklers, uh really physical guys, they're all the starters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Vita Akeem Hicks, who we haven't seen. I don't know what he's like, but I get the impression that that's mm-hmm. kinda his shtick. Uh I mean all of our the rest of the defense, I think they're or more physical. Yes, and players. My point was that I, it doesn't seem like it's a point of emphasis. Mm-hmm. You know, when we got the you know second, third, fourth string guys out there, and they're not trying to be physical. If you watch the Titans, their second, third string, fourth guys were out there trying to take heads off because yeah. they know that's what their coach wants to see. Mm-hmm. That's the, like the most important thing with them. Mm-hmm. We're more technical. You know, we're more yeah. clipboard carrying coaches. Yeah, and I would say our depths kind of looked more. Um, I don't. Yeah, they they were sloppy. They're mm-hmm. sloppy. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, no commentary on Trask. You know, I felt like he was he was a little under pressure, but also you know he was hesitant mm-hmm. at times. He did way too much. You know, like he was going to throw the ball and then he would pull it back and then he'd get clobbered. You know, he needs to get that ball out of there. Take, yeah. take it from Brady, man. Get that ball out. And a couple of times, and this seems to keep happening with him, and so I don't know if he's got a long windup, but where he mm. holds the ball like he's going to throw it, and then it gets knocked out and he's fumbling. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about. Like, don't put the ball up there unless you're going to throw it. Right. Yeah, good point. You should send him a letter. I know. I will. <laughs> Or, or what uh, the kids do nowadays, slide it in his DM. <laughs> <laughs> Send him a letter. Does anybody write letters anymore? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, enough for that game. We've got the Indianapolis Colts coming up Saturday. Another tough team. Uh, another physical team. Probably one of the best offensive lines in the, the uh, league. We probably won't be playing them. I do not know what they're going to be starting, but – we are supposedly going to be starting some of our starters. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Donovan Smith, Shaq Mason. We'll see. Uh, this is what I have that they're going to start this uh, this Saturday. I think that's a good idea. I think at a certain point you have to get them. You just get them out there and get a few hits yeah, in. Yeah, some game Take them off the field. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, Brady, there's no replacement. For Brady that. definitely needs to get out there and throw some passes. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, you could say he's the best ever. He's he's been in the league for 300 years. But there's nothing like getting a hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, welcome to the football season. Uh, we will be missing some people though that are out for the season. Uh, like we said, guard Aaron Stinney is out. They put him on injured reserve. If you get put on injured reserve at this point in the year, you are out for the year. Uh, they they got all kinds of new injured reserve rules. 
Uh, it's one of the reasons why we're waiting to put Ryan Jensen on the injured reserve. We're not going to do it until right before the start of the season because then we can bring him back, you know, later in the season, which is a good sign, which, you know, that's saying, that's the coaches saying that, hey, he's, he's not going to be out for the whole season. Uh, outside linebacker Cam Gill placed on injured reserve. So he's out for the season. And he had surgery like the day after. Yeah. That so, game. So apparently quite serious. And it's that sucks. It surprises me. You know, I was really excited for him this year. Yeah, he the was, same thing happened last season. Yeah, but there you go. Injury, you know, like Quan Alexander. They could have all the skill in the world, but if you can't stay on the field, you have no value. Uh so we in, went out and signed the uh, Carl Nassib. So we get to go do firsthand gay stats this year. Oh my gosh. And we're going to hear it every. That's the issue. Uh, we don't care about having a gay player on the team. Nobody right. cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's just every week, every time they're on, it's like throw, you know, the announcer has got to throw it in there. They're yeah. going to do pregame. So it's just, come on. Can we just play football? <laughs> that's why we do the gay stats to. To highlight it, mm-hmm. the absurdity. Uh, yeah, you know, being gay, that's so, you know, 2000s. Yeah. Know. It's now, you got to be transgender. We need a transgender football player, a female to male. We'll do that. That'll be the next new thing. The next thing. Yeah. Um, Carl, he played in this game, and, uh, you know, he – there were a couple of times Malik Willis, like, got away from him. Like, he should have been playing containment, and Malik kind of got around him. But we know what Carl Nassib has. I think mm-hmm. it's just getting back into that speed with the team. And Hope so. You know, don't know what he lost. and yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But he's back up. I yeah. mean, he'll get, he'll get his snaps. Rotational. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'll get his snaps. Well, and when he left the team, we wanted to keep him, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was good, a solid rotational guy. And it was like he was drawing um, some money from the Raiders. So, yeah. can't beat that. We couldn't pay him. Mm-hmm. They could. So, uh, but glad to have him back. Get some consistency there and some veteran Yes. Player. So Steeny's out, and we got Nick Leverett and then uh, rookie Luke Gadaki. Yeah, which it surprises me. Luke Gadaki is God, starting. I know. It's okay. I got the uh, key part right. I know. Uh, Luke is start is taking snaps with the ones this week in practice. Apparently, which surprises me because Nick Leverett has been there for a few years hmm. at this yeah. point, uh, one or two years. So. He's the more experienced yeah. player, but that you know, Gedeke we just drafted this year, so uh, but he they appear to like him, and he looks like he might be the guy. We'll see. Wow. Uh, so uh, strong safety Keanu Neal, he's out for the rest of the preseason with an arm injury. Mm-hmm. We will not see him against the Colts. Uh, we have not even looked at getting more offensive line help, from what I understand. Which surprises me. It does surprise me too. Seems like we're happy with what we got, so that's why we that's why we drafted Luke Gittiki. Yeah. Uh, we did wave tight end Bug Howard 
So mm. he uh, cleared waivers, from what I understand, and that puts us up under eighty. So we yeah. Made the we had cuts. some other moves too. So I don't remember if we talked about this in the last one. We had released Ross Cockrell. Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it. Surprise. Um, we also waived tight end Ben Beast, uh, tackle Curtis Blackwell, and wide receiver Cameron Brown. And then we waived, he was injured outside line with an injury designation, outside linebacker Jojo Ozugwu, and tackle Jonathan Hubbard. And then we ended up reaching an injury settlement with Ozugwu. Ozugwu. Zugwu. <laughs> and we also released uh, wide receiver Vincent Smith and waived safety Troy War- Warner. So that, I think, with the injury or injured reserve moves um, and then waving Bug Howard, that put us under the 80 hmm. that we had to be at. So, uh, yeah, we had to get to 80 by August 23rd. So the next cuts will be down to the 53-man roster on August 30th, so next uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, right after the games, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough one. And then we'll probably get our depth charts, too. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we're going to have a lot of guys on the practice squad that you know, we want to keep. But we can't fill it up with guys we want to keep. You have to keep certain positions, even if you <laughs> you don't want them. You got to have some backups there for certain spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been announced by the Panthers as their Week One starting quarterback. Beat out Sam Darnold, the Darnold. I'm not surprised. I no, think at all. <laughs> I know, like Baker, he's got more starting experience. He's been in the league longer. He's had more success than Sam Darnold. Mm. Sam Darnold, just just, he's just not a good quarterback. Yeah. So that I mean, it just made sense to me. Uh, and they ended up placing the rookie that they just drafted, Matt Corral, on uh, scenes and injury, injury reserve for uh, Liv Frank surgery. Ooh. Duke Dawson, their cornerback, also placed on injured reserve. So. It's two players they got out for the season. So it's not just us Bucks. It's happening all over the league. Yeah. Oh, another injury we didn't talk about was Tristan Wirth's oblique. He strained an oblique in practice with the Titans. And so mm. they think he's going to be ready for week one, but he's nursing that injury. So. Yeah, he'll be fine. I think so, too. Yeah. Former Bucks tight end, Tanner Hudson. You remember him? Yes. Man, I had so much hope for him. Mm-hmm. He had such a beautiful preseason. God, what was it, 2019, I think. Uh, you know, he was signed by the 49ers. They waived him. So mm-hmm. don't know where he's at now or if he's going to get picked up anywhere. Probably not. I think he suffered from a little lack of, oomph. you know, not enough effort at times. It's uh, it's it's it is strange how you know these players, the NFL is just apparently such a huge jump, you know, because most of these guys have been playing football their whole lives. They've been stars everywhere they've gone, you know, went through pee wee football and high school and college, and then they hit the NFL, and there's just something there that really weeds people out. 
Mm-hmm. But then you got guys who are undrafted rookies or free agents, you know, that are basically walk-ons in college and stuff, like that, and they end up being superstars. You just mm-hmm. never know. You never know. There's no vetting process that works. Mm-mm. That's what I love Absolutely about the football. Not. I know. Anybody can make it. Yeah. Any size, shape. You can be fat, slow, tall, short. Mm-hmm. Very unique sport, man. Love it. Did you say Keanu Neal is going to miss the preseason? Yeah. Uh, he's missing the full season. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So Keanu Neal, Stinny. That's per the Bucks wire. So let me. And Cam Gill. But we didn't put him on IR. Oh, they're just saying that's their estimation. He will reportedly miss the remainder. Okay. Of this well, we know he's out for the preseason, if nothing else. Oh, no. See, no. I got to correct my other people are saying the preseason. So that was fake news, guys. <laughs> fake news <laughs> from Molly. <laughs> fake news from <laughs> We're going to get censored. Uh, so, yeah. We're. Uh, okay. He, we, we know preseason, he's out. Minimal. Okay. At yep. least for certain. We'll say that. Preseason. Did you know that Bruce Arians is going in the Ring of Honor on October 2nd? Wow. No, I did not. I know. He's still working there. I know. <laughs> That's weird. So Greg Almond tweeted that he thought he heard Rondé say that on the broadcast. And then others came and he confirmed it. Wow. I don't know if they had announced it. I know Man. it seems weird to me. It's very weird. There's not even a cooling off period. I know. He's still <laughs> He just he just He's still working in the front office. That's weird. Uh but hey, you know, I will say this, and this is nothing against Todd Bowles. <laughs> nothing against Todd Bowles. Though I will say, not as excited about him as I was about Bruce Arians. Uh, God, bless it. I miss Bruce Arians' press conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, Todd Bowles puts me to sleep. He's boring. Oh, my gosh. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't coach speak stuff. The coach speak, yeah. Oh. I think it's a gift. To have a good press conference. Like I you're too. either Bruce. I feel like Bruce Arians is up there. I even feel like Bill Belichick is up there because I love. <laughs> he get, Yeah. I mean, well, he would give them information if they asked. If they asked him about what's you got, your game. You got to ask him the right question. You got to ask him the right question. Then you can't he just has <laughs> the right amount of contempt for these people that they deserve. <laughs> and he shows it. So I would put him his... Press conferences, it's entertaining, especially when they're asking about nonsense. Yeah, you know, um, I guess entertaining is is an aspect that is definitely good to have as a head coach. But to me, it's it's information. You know, yeah. I always felt like the head coach's job during a press conference is to talk to the fans. It's the only opportunity you get to talk to the fans. Now they've got, you know, you got podcasts and shows and stuff they can go on and you know, kind of be more expressive. But the press conference to me is only fans 
And it generally only hardcore fans listen to the press conference, you know. So you're talking not necessarily to the journalists there, but to the fans. That's how I always felt. You know, if you really want to get stuff to the fans, that's when you do it. And, you know, we've had some great coaches that were able to do that. And we've had some really bad ones. You know, Lovey Smith, horrible. Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of Cutter. No. You know, his press conferences very blah and didn't give a lot of information. But Bruce Arians, man, you know, I mean, he told it how it was, and he would say stuff, and I would write notes. I'd be like, oh, he, he, you know, and I'd, I'd be like, oh, he said this during that play, and I'd go back and look at him and be like, oh, yeah, he was right. That did happen. And, uh, you know, that was great stuff. It was just really high level. Man, I watch Todd Pulse now. They're four minutes. I don't think there's been one over five minutes yet. And it's just coach speak. You know, he gets the question. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, uh, we're just going to go out there and try and, you know, play hard and <laughs> do the right things. You know, score more points than another oh, team. Yeah. It's like every question, you know, and you're like, oh, man. There's no pizzazz and there's really no information there at all. Uh, Shiano was very good about that. Mm-hmm. And Shiano had some of the best press conferences I've ever seen, you know, where he would, they'd ask him a question and he would break it down, man. I mean, he would talk to it like he, like he was talking to, uh, you know, a, a coach's conference. Mm-hmm. You know? It was so weird when they went after him and said how hostile he was to the press and stuff. And <laughs> even the, even Bucks fans, like I got into fights on Reddit with people that would say that i'm like do you watch the press conferences because yeah, that didn't happen That's extremely cordial and informative it was weird and, yeah yeah very strange uh and then you know we we've just had a long line of back and forth coaches of you know some mm-hmm. that were good press conferences some bad press conferences blah 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 but this one here Oof, I wish they'd inject him with cocaine or something before he got on stage. <laughs> Give him some pep. There's, no, there's nothing there. I, I, I do not look forward to listening to his press conference. Let's put it that way. And I hate saying it, you know? Yeah. Because, I, I, of course, you know, I want him to do awesome. You know, win us another Super Bowl. Well, he could do that with crappy press conferences. This is true. It has absolutely nothing to do yeah, with, with whether we're going to win or lose. <laughs> but, well, and I think that's how they treat it. Like, I think a lot of coaches just hate having to do these press conferences. They do. They act like they all. do not want to be there. Yeah. Because you know. they get in it to coach football, not to go right. talk the to a bunch PR. of non-football mm-hmm. people. Right. Asking some of the most insane questions. Silly questions. Oh, gosh. All right. Oh, okay. Last thing I want to talk about this conspiracy with Tom Brady's absence. Mm-hmm. That he was on The Masked Singer. That's yes. the theory. Right. In case you're not aware, Tom Brady took all, he disappeared for 10 days. Every <laughs> right time. In the, right in the middle of uh, preseason Todd Bowles announced it, I think, the day he disappeared. Yeah, people are like, hey, where's Brady? He's and he's like, oh, like, yeah, he's on he's on an absence. Yeah, personal matter. Yeah. And he'll be back after the Tennessee game, they said. Yeah. And nobody knew exactly the date or anything. It was very strange. Very, very strange. They were so coy about it, which I do find incredible that 
they could keep that secret. Whatever it was. Yeah. They all were. And maybe if Hay had been up there, he would have spilled the beans because he does like to talk and say too much. So maybe (laughs) it was good for Tom that it was Todd Bowles giving these press conferences. Yeah, Todd Bowles is not going (laughs) to accidentally say too much. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's one thing about the Buccaneers, the Glazers, they... They are very, very good at keeping secrets, man. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, get, getting Tom Brady won. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when they bought the Manchester United, it was basically a hostile takeover. That was amazing business acumen. They, It was incredible. Nobody saw it coming. You know, they had all these little companies set up and buying shares, and then bam. It was really it, – it'll be, it'll be taught in business schools. Mm. Probably already is, but – uh, they're they're very very keep everything close to the vest and secretive. So, uh, yeah, they, they, who knows what Tom Brady was doing? He could have gone to the moon on one of Elon Musk's starships. For all we know, we won't find out until they are ready to let us know. Well, or until the end of the Mass Singer season. <laughs> all right, what <laughs> no, do you, what do you it think? Was not that- that, in case y'all aren't aware there was a rumor going around that tom brady was contested on the masked singer mm-hmm. is why he disappeared they like lined up the dates oh, with yeah. the well, filming they got like the filming schedule of the masked singer and they were like it started on august 10th yeah. that is the first day brady was gone mm-hmm. and then he would have had to film for this many days. If he made it to the finale, he'd have to do another day, which is probably why Todd Bowles was like, we don't know for sure. We just know it'll be after the Tennessee game. I mean, it was brilliant. I love the theory. Um, the sports writers have been on this and are saying it's unequivocally not true. Of course, they're going to say that because of they didn't course. come up with it. If it would have been one of them, they'd all be like, yeah, definitely. Anonymous source said. Yeah. Greg Allman reached out to him. They hadn't responded to him. Uh, Ian Rappaport is saying it was a vacation to the Bahamas that he had promised. And they were at this very exclusive resort. And when he retired, he promised Giselle he was going to do it and couldn't. You know, back out. So when he unretired, he had told them, hmm. here's the deal. And so um, it was his absence was in pursuit of a better work life balance. So, which I hate that story. Like, I didn't, I wanted to be the mass singer. So, you watch the show. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, I've never seen it like, before. Please. Uh, Gronk you, was on it. Yeah, he was a white tiger, apparently, or something. I don't know. I know nothing about it. Uh, what sure do you think? Well. Do you think that his absence was Bahamas, something yes. else, or the mass singing? Do so you think it was Bahamas? Yeah. Okay. I, it's just the simplest explanation. Hmm. You're going and, with Occam's razor, huh? Yeah, and I just think us women, like knowing us women, love to oh, plan God, yes. this kind of crap. Yeah. And 100%. <laughs> uh, the day that he retired, Giselle was planning this vacation. Uh-huh. Hands down. It's been 20 some years he's been in the league. She has not been able to do this trip mm-hmm. at this time of year. 
and she was on the phone with her family, her whoever. They were planning this. They were buy. She bought those yeah, tickets that day. Wasn't his son's birthday in that time period too? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So he's never spent his son's birthday on vacation with him. So yeah. Right. So I just think, and then when he was like, oh, "I'm gonna unretire," she's like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> well, you he know what you him. are gonna do. She said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you can unretire said, all well, day long." But. We booked these tickets. It is non-refundable. You better tell them <laughs> you were gonna be there. I don't care that it's the middle of training camp. Non-refundable, like they don't have enough money. They could, they could swallow a, well, twenty thousand dollars. Well, they probably dropped a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars on this. Vacation. That's still nothing for them. <laughs> I know. It's a percentage of right. a percentage of a percentage. Well, okay. Yes. Well, um, I, I tell you what, I was leaning towards the theory of the mass singer until I think it was today or yesterday. The mass singer put out a promo for the upcoming season and they alluded to Tom Brady on there. there you, well, how? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was heavily alluded. Huh? You know, it was, um, they said, let me see. Uh, Matt Singer, uh, one of the uh, one of the judges, Ken Jong. I have no idea who these people are. Um, he was the one from Community. Okay, he was guessing the identity of a contestant on this clip, and uh, he said Peyton Manning, and they told him his guess was incorrect. And then he goes on to present a case for why he thought it could be Brady. And he said, or I think this could be the greatest of all time. He he says this in the clip. He just got fined for not showing up to training camp because he is here on the Mass Singer. This is seven-time Super Bowl winner Tom Brady. Tom, welcome to the Mass Singer. And then it stops. So, So, yeah, I was like, no, that's definitely uh, Mm -mm. – they're they're capitalizing on the whole – Okay, Rumor. that theory was leveled, what, like last Friday? Today's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Did the mass Singer have that much time to put together that marketing material? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So we both agree that it was not the mass Singer. Yeah, I don't think so. I love the theory, though. I think it's hilarious, and I hope it's true. <laughs> but you know, I don't know, man. What would the rest of the team feel like if, you know, you're like, ah, you you get to take off practice and go – be on TV. It's a it's a business. I mean, he's if he agreed to be on the show, it's a contract. I know, you know, but still, I just logically it makes sense, but we're not logical people. I, yeah, but I mean, he's Tom Brady. I just don't. <laughs> what can you say? All right. So anyhow, Tom Brady is back at practice. By the way, he came back yeah, Monday, Monday, and uh, hopefully, we'll see him. Get a few snaps in preseason. I'd like to see a series at least, you know. Agree. Just see yeah. what they got out there. Throw the ball around. I Get mean, we know what we got. Starting offensive line out there, please, Jesus. Oh God, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Julio out there or Russell Gage. I yeah. agree. Uh, just a quick thing on Julio. He was signing an art- autograph for a fan. And he told the fan he doesn't have a number yet. So that number 85 is temporary. Mm. I'm wondering if he's negotiating. 
Well, he's not a number dependent guy. You know, a lot of these guys have the, their numbers mm-hmm. that they live and die with. But he had what number eleven at mm-hmm. Atlanta, and then he went to Tennessee and he took number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't care. <laughs> he doesn't seem to give a crap about his number. Maybe he's waiting for everybody to get cut to see what's left. One that he won't have to pay for. Good day. But like I said, I don't think he has a number that he cares about. Don't know. Don't know. We'll see. That's well, interesting. Apparently though. it's not eighty five. Huh. Uh yeah. That's 85. what he is currently. Well. I want to see him out there. I don't care what number it's in. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. That's about it for me. You done? I'm done. All right, guys. A few more days. Football starts. Uh, me and Molly might end up missing the game because we're going to be in the process of moving. It's never happened before. Never happened before. It'll be the first time in 20-some years that I've missed. I'm still going to try to watch it uh, if I have to watch it on my phone or whatever. But uh, our internet is not going to be hooked up. Internet's until not going to be hooked up. We're going to be in the process of moving. Blah blah blah. So it's going to suck either way. Watching it on a phone, mm-hmm. squinting. That's true. Yeah. You'll figure something out. I have you know. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to let this happen. I know you. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Till next time. Go Bucks.